and welcome back to the Botanical Creative. And today's topic is all about seasons and one in particular, which is autumn, which is happening here in Australia at the moment. And we thought we would talk about why it happens in the garden, why trees change colour and the science behind that. And Ellie Jane's going to talk about autumn colours in, in the studio and what it means for an artist, because obviously it changes your maybe your palette, your colour palette for that season and what you're inspired by. So we're going to go yeah. head first into the autumn leaves in today's episode. So Ellie, tell us what you've been getting up to in the studio. Um, so I've been testing some different colours, mm. um, so autumn colours, um, and just playing around with those to see how they kind of mix um, and what colours they produce. So I know you filmed a short clip of you mixing your colours. Yep. So you're just trying to create new colours or are you trying to match things that you're seeing out in nature or...? A bit of both. So um, the video shows just... Um, testing the colours on my palette, mm. seeing how they come out. Um, and then I've just been playing around mixing different yellows and browns and reds to create some different oranges. So is there any sort of unique colours that you've thought, oh, I've never had that before? And um, they're, they're ones I've used previously, um, but just, I guess mixing and matching and mm. and seeing how different the shades turn out so um, if you had to describe to someone like what you're mixing you've she's got a little tin in front of her which is her little paint tin what colors are you blending together are you taking like maroons and yellows and blending them to get more copper tones i don't know so uh so some of the colors i use are um i've got a quinacridone gold mm-hmm. which is a really bright yellowy gold mm-hmm. um alizarin crimson so mm-hmm. that's just a red uh aussie red gold which is um like a orangey brown would it look like the if so if you had to describe it as a object right would it look like the red soil that people might be familiar with ah uh, yes yeah, so i think that's probably where the name comes from <gasps> the palette's coming out yes so this is it here if i can open it <laughs> wow it's a little bit messy but well, it's a creative it. mess. <laughs> so we've got quinacridone gold, mm-hmm. Aussie red gold, mm-hmm. alizarin crimson. Mm-hmm. Um, so are these colours that you'd use most of the year? Or are yeah. you finding because of autumn you're using them more so than normal? Uh, um, in autumn picture you probably use these more than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are colours that usually stay in my palette anyway. Mm. So the focus would be more on these. Mm on these kind of colours with your bright oranges and, and reds and that kind of thing. And when you say you, you mix these colours together, because I've seen your art book before and you write notes, so I'm guessing you're writing notes on what colours you've used together. Yes. Is it pretty hard to recreate a, a unique colour once you've created it or do you...? Um, that's, yeah, kind of, because sometimes so I'll just play thing. around and then... You can kind never of forget get that colour again. <laughs> forget which colours I mix together. So that's why I try and keep notes. Yeah. Write down what colours I've mixed so I can at least go back to it and maybe compare. Mm. So for any artists that are listening, you're going to have some photos up of these maybe so that they can sort of see the colour combinations you've done. Yeah. So these ones here are my oranges and a bit of yellow. Yeah. So we're looking at her art book and she's got, what have you got? 
seven swatches down there and they're all sort of peachy, almost sort of pink skin tone colors, which you would find in a, is that inspiration from a gum tree trunk? Uh, probably snow gum. Yep. Even autumn scene. Yeah. Um, leaves, that kind of thing. Uh, they probably come out a bit duller, just to kind of depends on what paper you use. You're going to well. get some real nice action of some paper sounds, people. <laughs> Hear that paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you've done some really cool... Um, so she's in her art book, she's also got some rough sketches of a, like a trunk outline and you've painted the, sort of the streaking pattern that you see in some eucalyptus. To me, it looks like one of the rainbow eucalyptus the way you've done the artwork yeah is that the inspiration or is it just more you're trying to play with the colors and see how they work together uh so kind of just um finding the best colors for snow gum paintings that Mm. kind of thing um so just mixing all sorts so usually i'd stick to a red Mm. or orange um a green um and maybe like a gray yeah gray color so these colors that you selected are they something that you use on particular autumn trees like are they good for particular plants that you're going to be painting um so you could use them for um any of the like maples Mm. that kind of thing japanese maples yeah Yeah. japanese maples because they're known for their bright colors Mm. um any trees that you know change Mm. change colors in the autumn season which Mm. We'll talk about soon. Yes, that's all right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so any autumn scenes, even sunsets, things like that, mm. you could use those because they'll come out really bright. One thing that I've seen you do, and I don't know what the technicality behind it is called, but you use it as like white out rubber stuff that you put onto your painting as like a highlight. Right? Yeah. So for anyone who's trying to create depth into their paintings, they can use this... <laughs> liquid white stuff and then just rub it off at the end yeah it's like the white out of the art world mm. um it's called masking liquid mm-hmm. and it is like um when it dries it's like a rubbery consistency mm. so you either paint it on or apply it in some form mm. in patterns that you want to re- where you want to retain the whiteness of the paper mm. paint that on let it dry and then you just paint your painting as normal over the top and um, at the end, once your painting is dry, you just gently rub it off. And mm. then you have white bits. Yeah, it reveals paper underneath. Yeah, so it can be good for defining leaves. Yeah. Um, but you can also repaint over those white sections as well. To create a softer effect as yeah. well. Yeah, mm. yeah. So mm. if you're wanting to highlight maybe shadows or that's bushes a- or, or things like that. Yeah, that's quite a helpful Dense too. foliage. Yeah. Hmm, I like that. And I know one particular plant, it's not so much autumn colour, but it is autumn themed. And they're in flower soon. They're coming into flower. They're mainly flowering in the winter is the hellebore. Yes. And I know you've been focusing on doing a masterpiece, piece of art. <laughs> yes, <laughs> masterpiece for sure. Um, Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, because so, that's probably your most <clears throat> recent project, right? Uh, yeah. It's only a small one, mm. but it's one of the more recent ones i did a sketch of it from from the garden because mm-hmm. i have some of those in my garden mm. and they're really pretty all the different types you can get um and just did a lino print mm. of that so um did a sketch on in my notebook and then transferred that across to my 
my lino and, and carved that out and printed it mm. printed it on um, some nice Japanese paper. Hmm. And is that on your socials? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> you are organised. Check it out. <laughs> oh. Well yeah, so if anyone's doing some paintings, we would like to see them, so tag us in them at the Botanical yes. Creative. Or let us know what your favourite autumn colours are. Yeah, because we'd like to we'd like to see your artwork. Yes. Hmm. But let's Art Exchange. Art exchange, definitely. That could be a thing. Mm. Mm, you never know. Yes. Digital art exchange with how the world is at the moment. But exactly. Anyway. Yes, but um, shall we talk science? Delving more into yeah plants and the science behind these mm. colours. Yeah. So with a lot of um, autumn colour, um, it is influenced by weather. So as the weather does change and gets cooler, you're going to find different things are going to start happening in your plants and. One of the most common ones is the carotenoids, which is the orange and yellow pigments that remain in your trees or shrubs' foliage as the weather cools. And all the chlorophyll, which is the green pigments, um, tends to disappear. And that's why you get these orange and yellow colours coming through and really becoming quite vibrant. And then um, (laughs) this next one, which I believe it's pronounced atherocyan, but Ellie Jane is going to so kindly play how you actually pronounce it. Anthocyanin. Dramatic pause. But that's how you pronounce it. But that is responsible for the red and the purple pigments in um, your trees, like your Japanese maples and yeah. your crepe myrtles. And it's not, um, that's not so much related to the cool weather. It's more related to the stress of the tree. So when these plants go under quite enormous stress natural stress mm. so stress of yes change of weather but also maybe lack of weather um rain so they're a bit more dry yeah. so they start to stress a little bit these pigments come through quite intensely so if you ever have a tree in your garden and it's you, red then you should be worried <laughs> <laughs> no it's natural so it's okay and a lot of these trees because they're deciduous they're not gonna they're not going to need like the extra feeding or the watering once they're dormant. They they'll look after themselves, and then in the spring yeah. they'll come fine. But um, a lot of people ask, why wasn't my tree as red as what it was the year previous? It's because the stress levels of the plants changed. Have changed. Yeah, from year to year, so they're not going to be consistently as vibrant as always. But if you're up Gippsland Way in Victoria, you'll find that it might be a bit more consistent because you've also got the high chill factor. Yeah. And high chill does cause stress, stress in plants, yeah. um, not negatively, um, just unless naturally. they're you know more subtropical and things like that. But a lot of the autumn colour trees originate from higher altitudes and cooler climates, so they're fine with that. Um, but in terms of like good trees for autumn colour, yeah, what would they be? Japanese maples are definitely yeah. one of my favourites. Because you you've been to Japan, you've seen them in autumn colour. Yeah, well, you've probably seen a few, haven't you? Well, I went to Japan in October, and I think it was just a bit too early. That year was a bit more mild. Yeah, it can change. Yeah, and it was really quite mild, so I'm, I was probably a month too early. So, yeah, if spring or summer, and even autumn for that factor, if it all drags on, mm. it pushes everything back. So yeah. um, you probably f- would have found not- November was better for autumn colour. But where did we go? The Alpine region. I can never remember the name. I think it was around Nagano. yeah. It was a really, it had the volcanic um, 
hike that we did, which we can't remember the name of right now, but it is on my blog. I think it was um, Hakuba, I think. Yeah. Beautiful part of the world. Really, really quite magical. And that had glimpses of autumn colour. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. You know, forests of thousands and thousands of Japanese maples. And, and then the water autumn. was like aqua blue. Yeah, so the red with the aqua blue was really beautiful. Mm. But Japanese maples are definitely, I reckon, on the top of the list for autumn colour. What but, other ones can you think of? Um, There's a few others. There is other types of maples too. So you've got Canadian or European maples. So um, Ace Nagundo, which is also known as the tassel tree, um, produces really pretty colours. It goes from red yellow orange and then a little bit of green so it keeps a little bit of it all in the same tree yeah so you've got quite a bit of color but the also the lipstick range of um lipstick yeah that's a range called name it's like a branding name um of aces they're a european maple um but you've got things like october glory which is what we had on the farm that went bright bright red Oh, yeah. It was the most intense red it's ever been. And that was the earliest it's ever Yeah, it's been really early changed. this year. We've had really, really early changes this year. But um, things like ginkgos yeah. are really good too. They go bright yellow. Yeah, Very famous around the world from the photos in China where you just see that, like, floor of, like, neon yellow of um, leaves that have fallen. Mm-hmm. Very famous photos. Um, claret ashes are really good, which is Euphraxinus. Um, and then crepe myrtles is another favourite of mine. But then if you don't have room for a tree, you can still have autumn colour through shrubs. Um, oh, yeah. Like nandinas. So they're, these are all s- small? These ones are small. So nandinas range anywhere from like 20 centimetres up to 1.8, depending on the variety you choose. Oh, yeah. But they're a classic. We used to nickname them the Macca's plant because they're always planted outside McDonald's because oh. they're really tough and hardy and really, really? easy to look after. <laughs> But yeah, Nandinas, they go really bright red. Keep out, keep an eye out for a Nandina, you get a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive on by. But um, no, they're really good. Smokebush, which is a small tree. Smokebush? Yeah, I should try and see if I've got some Why are they named Smokebush? So when they flower, their flowers are so small, but they come out in such large clusters, it looks like a puff of smoke. Oh, it's very delicate, it's a beautiful plant. Um, but they, you know, they range from, you know, orange to reds and then blueberry bushes. Blueberry bushes. Yeah, really good for autumn colour. They go bright red. The old world ones um, will lose their foliage in the winter, but um, there's some evergreen ones, but they do go red. <laughs> Their autumn colour is better in high altitudes, though. So in suburban areas, you might not get it as good. Okay. But further out you will. And then another really good one is hydrangea, quirkfolia, which is the oak leaf hydrangea that goes red. So the flower goes red or? No, it's white. (laughs) It's a foliage, (laughs) Ellie. But in saying that, there is a hydrangea called um, Diamond Rouge and Sunday Fraise and its flower starts white. And And then changes. Turns to ruby red or hot pink. Is that in autumn or? Yeah, as they progress through their flower flowering stages yeah so okay. quite... would that be stress related um no it's just natural characteristics of the just plant. what happens yeah it's really really magical plant it's magical definitely there is a hydrangea called magical revolution what? <laughs> it goes from pink to ruby then to blue oh. it's really bizarre but it is based that one's more so off soil ph but it, oh, okay. But it that but it actually does have that gradual change in flower colour. It's really, really weird. That's cool. Um, disco plant. Disco plant. <laughs> but yeah, so autumn colour, you know, there's a lot of different plants. But if you do buy a tree and 
you're upset because it didn't change colour is mainly due to weather. You can't really force them. You need to stress it more. Well, if you grow them in pots, our suppliers in the nursery say don't water them and allow the plant to really stress in the pot. And then we get and it really look good, amazing. Yeah, we get awesome. But it's sad. <laughs> we get awesome looking autumn colour. Um, and then when they get planted, you know, because they're in better soil and that, they'll probably not color up as much the next year but okay that makes sense yeah but no if you stress so don't be alarmed it mm. just means your plant is happy yeah, yeah. happily stressed. <laughs> yeah, happy stressed yeah but no so autumn color is a lot of fun in the garden there's a lot of ways to you know use the different plants and do you have any of those in your garden i've got quite a few i've got a liquid amber i've got yeah. claret ash i've got maples i've got crepe myrtles i don't have any nandinas but i do have do you have any cheeseburgers I do have cheeseburgers. <laughs> um, no, I've got a fair bit of autumn colour mixed in with a lot of evergreens. Yeah. Because, you know, it looks nice. But, yeah. but no, that's And hellebores? Do you have hellebores? I have hellebores, yes. Yeah. You can't have a garden without a hellebores. Yes. Well, you can, but... They're pretty, though. Yeah. Not Definitely in, worth planting. Not in... Not and in they plants. self... self- seed don't the, they or? the original varieties self-seed but modern hybrids don't oh really they're sterile yeah mm. because they can become a little bit weedy if you don't want them growing everywhere we've got the perfect example here like they're growing absolutely everywhere on the farm mm. which is not a problem for us but they are woodland perennials so they will spread like they would in a woodland setting if they've got the right soil yeah. But modern day varieties won't do it. Okay. But you do get more interesting and unusual flowers in the modern day varieties. Yeah, there's mm. definitely a lot of a lot of different patterns and things. Mm. Well, yeah. I think we're all autumned out. Yes. <laughs> Let us know if you have any autumn related questions. Or if you've seen some autumn colour, send us some photos. Yes. We'd like to see. Some inspiration. Yes. And LJ may paint it. Maybe not. But we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Yes. But until next time, we will catch you on the next episode. And until then, we'll see you then. See ya.